I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is, is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Wow. Wake up and smell the coffee. We are finally back. I can't believe it. It's been way too long. Yeah, we were supposed to take like a short summer break and we have taken what can only be described as a hiatus of five months. (laughs) I took eight weeks off of work. We did not record. No, he's like, I have an eight week break coming up. Like we're going to do so much recording that time that passed that came and went new jobs came and went. Everything, but I did watch a lot of TV. Yes, uh, I was fortunate enough while the baby was sleeping to catch up on some things. And one thing I really wanted you to watch was the show called Midnight Mass. I was very excited about it. I thought you would like it. However, I feel like you're a little too godly for it. <laughs> like I knew that you were going to have some problems with saying bad about the church because I'm I very mean... much like fuck them, and you're very much. The opposite. You won't even let me say the JC word. No, public. I don't. I cut the JCs and the GDs out of these podcasts. I, I, I'm not like, you know, a holy roller by any stretch, but I don't. Holy roller. And like partway through, I was like, is this like sacrilegious? Like, I don't know about this. I'm like, well, so we're doing this as a special episode, obviously, because we didn't just watch the beginning and the end. We watched the whole mini series on Netflix. And just to put out content to kick off our season three we always kind of do a little something different so this year we decided we would do this whole mini series and kind of break it down but joe didn't give me a lot of warning about what it was so i was i was like well into episode five and i was like is this a horror show (laughs) like what is like i didn't know what the genre was like nothing I just knew that you like creepy stuff and I, I like creepy stuff. So I figured this is right in our like creepy wheelhouse. It is. I don't like, I lo- obviously everyone knows I love horror movies. I love scary shit. I love the whole nine. Um, I don't always get down with some, you know, putting the blood in the Eucharist. <laughs> Your favorite movie is Scream, which is a slasher film. In the first 10 minutes, the guy's stomach is leaking open. I love slashers. I don't. I don't mind gore. I don't know. There's something like there. There were some off-putting things in this series. Well, we're gonna get into it. So guess what? What? Showtime. <laughs> All right. So we kick this off. This is Midnight Mass. I didn't do any prep work for this, so we're really gonna have some fun today. Um, yeah. I would just. We're gonna talk about some characters really quick, um, like we always do. I would like to say that the guy who plays the priest was literally born to play that role. Oh my gosh, he was so good in it. Because the only thing I've ever seen him in is The New Adventures of Old Christine, which was like a cheesy CBS show, like a sitcom, like a laugh track type show. So (laughs) this was dramatically different. It also starred uh, Zach Guilford, who... It was from Friday Night Lights. I never watched it. People are very excited about that. Yes. I said, oh, it's the kid from Friday Nights. And Joe's like, oh, no. I was like, you don't. I like. I thought you were like would be a number one fan of Friday Night Lights. No, never watched it. Lived it. So <laughs> I don't watch football stuff because I played football for 10 years. Glory days. And it just kind of like over it. Uh, Kate Siegel's in it. Uh, big fan here. Um, basically, the. The, the Haunted series on Netflix. Yeah, the, I mean, this Mike Flanagan makes Haunting of Hill House. 
Am I saying yep. that right? That I watched. I enjoyed that. I didn't watch the Bly Manor one, but I did. Oh, it was the Bly Manor one wasn't as good. Oh, okay. uh, well, it, probably because it wasn't as scary, but she was in a, sh- a movie I just watched. It just dropped on Netflix called Hypnotic. Oh. That was very good. Is she in Hush, too? Yes, she is. In okay. Okay. I watched that when that first came out. That was creepy as hell. Uh, she starts, she stars across Jason O'Mara in that. And he plays like oh. a, um, psychiatrist who kind of puts people in hypnosis. Oh, and makes them do weird shit. The, you know, when you said, oh, it's Kate Seagal, I thought you meant Katie Siegel or vice versa. How am I saying that? When you said Kate, what's her name? Say her name. Kate Siegel. I yeah. thought you meant Katie Seagal, who was like okay. Peg Bundy on, uh, <laughs> So I was like waiting for Katie to come in. Where is this bitch coming in? (laughs) Oh, but she was good. The the girl was good. Um, Actually, all I will say, I have some complaints about this that we'll get into, but I thought the characters were all interesting and and portrayed really well. Okay, there is a point in the show where I don't think the characters can carry the story on anymore. And we'll get to that. And I almost <laughs> lost faith in this damn thing because of it. Um, There's some wild. I mean, this is a show that switches genres to me three different times. Like, I didn't know what it was. I mean, I know, obviously, by the end what it is. But it's got. <laughs> it's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Well, so basically, this is from Netflix. It's one season. uh uh, seven episodes, which you labored through. I oof. oh my god, I was slogging. I was three and a half, three and a half episodes. This is full disclosure. Took me uh, less than a month, a month, and then the last, the last three and a half, I bombed through in a day. So the first three and a half are like, I thought I was, I might as well have been on a fishing boat in Gloucester. Like it was. <laughs> It was hard to get through. I don't get it because I I don't know. I, I took this oh. down real easy. It was just a real Could there easy, have been any more monologues? shot for me. It was just like, hmm, we'll warm my belly up. <laughs> there was so much monologues. This might as well have been a stage show, the first three episodes. I'm like, what? Oh, Fuck, I don't need any more okay. monologues. Let's just get to the There's mirror. There's a lot to set up in this. All right. Bullshit. In the first episode, we have our protagonist, or so we think. Like this is where it gets weird. Yeah, right? thank you. Yes, Riley Flynn. Uh, he returns home um, to this island, and he had uh, he left the island. He was very successful in business. He got into a drunk driving accident that killed someone, a uh, young girl, or uh, let's say she's like eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For teenager. sure, he killed a teenager. Either way, it's fucked up. Right. Um, he killed a human. So he it's, comes it's back to up. live with his family as like his only nest or or fallback after prison he had to go to prison for like two years or something yeah he did go to prison um and part of coming back to the island is kind of to go back to his roots and try to figure out who he is uh again yeah and establish his identity but also he has to still go to aa meetings and and shit like that while he's back he meets uh, he runs into kate siegel who whose character's name is aaron green and uh riley and aaron at, at one time Kind of like sweethearts, yeah, like like high school sweethearts that kind of like 
we're tiptoeing on the line of getting together, but they've both found themselves back here. So it's kind of like the hometown story, but except they're on a little fucking island. Right. Um, you have the sheriff, Sheriff Hassan. Um, you have all these people who are, you know, very Catholic and very church oriented. And you, you have the sheriff who kind of keeps everyone in line as um, as a Muslim. So, well, it's, um, it's an island of roughly 200 people. It's everybody's always known each other forever, and he is kind of viewed as an outsider. Like, he's not from there. Yeah. Uh, you have this new uh, pastor who um, comes to the island after the pastor who originally they're, was on okay, the island. Okay, they're priests, brother. All right. What's Evil, the difference? Catholicism 101. A priest is Catholic. A pastor is not. So Monsignor oh, okay, is like a high-ranking priest. All right. So the old, so Monsignor's an old dude. He goes to Jerusalem. They can't find his ass because he has Alzheimer's, right? So then this younger priest comes in to kind of fill it while he's recovering. So they keep saying he's like recovering or he's not feeling well or whatever. Yeah. You have Bev Keen, who is a nun. She works in the church. Is she She's a nun? A I, I wasn't sure if she was a nun or just an asshole. Because <laughs> she just, like, praying around telling every... She straight up told the father at one point, like, oh, you're not supposed to have that gold robe on. He's like, pardon me. Like, yeah, she's like, this is not a special day. What are you doing wearing that? Yeah, she was... What was she supposed uh, to be in this? Like, not, not... I don't mean as, like, her profession... But was she supposed to be like the antagonist? She was supposed to be the asshole. In this I mean, whole yeah, thing. I mean, she was She's just a like, royal piece of shit. She's the town bitch. Was. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Riley, who has a younger brother, Warren, and his kind of uh, love interest, who is a, who's like one of the main characters in the church and through the story, uh, Lisa. Yeah. Um, Sheriff's son also has a son named Ali. And that's kind of rounding out the main cast. Yeah. There is a doctor, Sarah Gunning, who we'll talk about briefly. Yeah. Uh, but that's like your main core cast. So not a ton of characters. There's people that come in and out. Um, there are some people that pop up for a few episodes and then disappear. Yeah. It's weird because you almost, the people who you think is like the main cast by the end, it's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. This is where I'm like saying. Like stories this. become important and people become important. Like episode four, we didn't give a shit about them and the first three it's kind of it's funky like that like there's no like usually okay if you watch like let's use for example if we watch like a scary movie you have a final girl right you know the person that you see in the beginning is doing x y and z they're gonna be the person you see there in the end mm-hmm. right that survived everything in this it's kind of like oh oh this oh now this is person oh now that one's gone oh like now this person's important so it's really kind of hard to decipher it doesn't follow a typical formula yeah, it's very, and I kind of liked it, but there's, we'll get to it by episode four. I hated it. There was, no, was it five? <laughs> five. There was five. I was like, what the fuck's going on? It's funkadelic for um, sure. So episode two, there's, there's a big storm coming. Uh, Riley in the end of episode one uh, thinks he sees, as a Monsignor, yeah. uh, running outside the beach. The old um, man, basically the old man priest. <laughs> nobody has seen, you know, he took off on a trip to Jerusalem. When he came back, Bev kind of covered and said he's sick. But they, they never saw him come back. So he thinks he sees him running on the beach, basically. He goes out there. Um, he doesn't see him. Uh, wake up the next morning. The beach is covered. And dead cats. <laughs> I 
and makes like, sense. How many cats are on this island? There's 200 people, but some of there's like 4,000 cats. Like, it's just an island of strays. An abundance of cats, um, <laughs> which they like chalked up to like actual reasoning that they were talking about. I'm like, no, there's no reasoning to have dead cats on, on your well, beach. Well, it's weird because they're like, oh, is there some kind of like infectious outbreak? And then like a half hour later, it's like, nope, we forgot that. Like, I'll pick up these cat bodies. We're done with that storyline. <laughs> yep. The uh, sheriff's just like, yeah, let's just burn them. And you want to know what? Oh. While we're at it, we're going to have a big old potluck in the middle of town and everyone's going to have a good time. <laughs> So we're having a local hoedown put these cats yeah, out of their they had this, like, this thing and, and at it the um there's a local drunk. Uh his name's Joe Colley. His dog gets poisoned and dies at, in front of everyone. So that was great. That's I'm where I almost big, damn near shut this thing off. I was I'm like not mm-hmm. a big don't don't kill the animal. What do you gotta kill like, the fucking dog for? I gave mm-hmm. more shit about that one dog than those four thousand cats, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. I didn't even bat an eye at that. Um, it was it was sad. And then Joe Colley, okay, like, let's talk a little bit about him, like what he did. So he's like this local drunk, basically, and he's really um, isolated from everyone else. He's basically the person in town that everybody hates. And so the dog was really all he had because he accidentally, because he was a drunk, he accidentally like shot. I don't know if he was like hunting. I'm not sure what the deal was exactly, but he basically was like shooting in the woods and he shot Lisa, who's probably, how old is she? Like her late teens, early twenties. No, she's like 13. She's most certainly not 13. She's roughly 23. Anyway. (laughs) Maybe in real life, but not in the. I don't know how old she's supposed to be in the show. But so anyway, he shoots this young woman accidentally and paralyzes her so it's not just like she hates him like the entire town because it's such a small island hate him so he has nobody but this dog yeah exactly so everyone thinks that it was some sort of retribution for shooting her yeah well yeah i still don't quite know the full story on the dog but if we while we're on the subject morphing episode two and three together is where somewhat gets interesting like because the new father in town comes into the picture and he when so when you're in church you pass out the host right the little like red thing and so people come up to get that usually they walk up they eat put it in their mouth everything body of christ but exactly so so lisa is in a wheelchair obviously because she's been paralyzed so she rolls up and he keeps in church, there's like three stairs to get like up to the platform of where, you know, where he, the priest does his thing. He keeps walking back up and up, like making her stand up. And everyone's looking at him like, why is this asshole like making her get up from the wheelchair? And then finally, like, he's like, come on and like, come get the host. And finally she stands up and like walks up the stairs. And that's kind of how that's kind of like the first big reveal. Like all of a sudden he knew that she could walk out of nowhere. And you don't know at that point, like, did she know she could walk? Was she putting on like a thing here? Did he perform a miracle? Like, what is this? Right. Yeah. And there's another thing too. Um, Riley's mother has a no need for glasses anymore. Yes. Like everyone is like, so here, here's one of the very first texts I sent to Joe when I started this thing. I was like, why is everyone in old age makeup? Like, why didn't they just get some old actors? Like they were putting, they were putting all kinds of people in old age makeup, which I know now why, but it was, 
I don't want to say it was a shitty job. Like I don't want to put down somebody's work, but it was noticeable that they were in old age makeup. Yeah, for real. The whole part doesn't make sense. Like the makeup, because it looks bad. Yeah. Like it looks like, I don't know. It looks like, like the one. Okay. So Sarah, she's the doctor in town. Her mother is old, elderly and has Alzheimer's as well. And like, it looked like her, like she, like they put on like Red Riding Hood's grandma's wig and then like a little white powder. And they're like, you're the old lady, get in bed and pretend you have Alzheimer's. Like that was basically like the amount of old age makeup that went into that woman. And then when she started like Benjamin buttoning, like nobody batted an eye at it. That she was like, yeah, part of the deal was like she's bedridden. Um, and she's like on like the second or third floor of this house of the doctor. And the priest would come and visit her and do a special kind of sacrament for her. And then eventually she like got stronger, started looking more youthful, started. Um, her memory was like coming back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's straight up. She was reverse aging and everyone was just like, oh, good for her. Like, looking good. Oh, yeah. Like, like <laughs> no one was like, wait, the record stop. Like, the woman lo- was like the crib keeper earlier. And now she looks like she's 55. And, you know, that kind of lead. that's kind of two and three mixed together here. Because in episode yeah. three, she goes to the church. I don't know if you caught this because it's very, very minute. Okay. When Father Paul shows up to the door the elderly mother calls him john which is actually the monsignor's first monsignor's name name. so yeah so now we're getting into the meat and potatoes here so i think it's the end of three where the the real big reveal starts kind of it kept my attention a little bit so first of all okay (laughs) we're just gonna give all the spoilers away so if you haven't watched midnight mass you better go Pause here and go watch because it's about to be spoiler time. This is where it starts tilting. This is like... Yes. Yes. The first two episodes are like, "Mm, we're hanging out in the fishing community. And now it's like, now what the fuck's happening? So basically, he's almost like narrating that episode three, Mm -hmm. right? The new priest. And so they keep kind of showing these flashbacks. And basically, it's Monsignor Pruitt, John Pruitt. So it's the older guy in Jerusalem. He gets separated from his tour group. Because, again, he has dementia or whatever. Whatever happens, there's a sandstorm. It was kind of wild. So he wanders into a cave. (laughs) I can't. Like, I just, I can't. So he wanders into a cave, very confused. And he happens upon what he thinks is an angel. It is an angel. The angel looked like Nosferatu. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That is not an That is either a vampire or a fallen angel <laughs> was not. It is the one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. Every time I, this it, thing appeared, it gave me a physical shiver down my spine. You don't get to pick and choose what heaven looks like. All right, no, when don't, you get up let's there, not it's kind of like a, go there. a package deal. Heaven's a package deal. That thing is not an angel. First of all, okay, so he's in this cave. This winged fucking creature comes up to him. No joke, looked like Nosferatu. <laughs> it looked gnarly as hell. And so he comes up to him and he's like, oh, he didn't, nobody speaks, but somehow he just like starts sucking on his like wrist. Yeah, no, it gets him in the neck. He gets him in the neck and then he sucks on the wrist. Something happens that made me wild. So what happens is the vampire angel 
sucks yes. on his neck, kills him. He but then bites his wrist and puts his wrist into the Monsignor's muff for him to drink out of. That rejuvenates him and wakes him back up. Yeah, so then he Benjamin Buttons and walks out of the cave as his younger self, who is actually the father that the town thought was like a new priest. Somehow. Some, because somehow no <laughs> one noticed. This. There's, there's no one old enough on this island to know this is what this guy looked like. Wait, even though there's oh, a shit. newspaper in his fucking room that everyone has seen that has his picture on it, which is the same dude that's just showed up and it's like, hey, I'm the new guy. There's a straight up newspaper clipping that hangs near the church that with this picture on it looks identical to him. Several people saw him. Several people were like his altar boys when he was young. But somehow it doesn't look familiar to anybody. Yeah, for, that's, for weeks. That's fucking stupid. From that's for weeks. Ridiculous for me. Unbeknownst to me, he also does one other thing after that, which I never actually figured out. Don't ask me how, but he like puts the winged creature in like a case or something and brings him back to the island. No, it takes the blood. No, I read because I was a little fuzzy on this. No, because then he also mentions a case at some point. No, he's like I would have never put wrong. that in the case. Then where the fuck the wind creature from later? Because it fly, it flew super high in the sky. That's why there's so many aerial. That's why there's like four or five aerial shots in the show. Do you not recall that? No, it's confusing as hell. The aerial shot where it's like super high and it has the thing on the ground, the shadow. Let's just pretend I I know one way or the okay. other. The creature's gonna is comes to this island. No, see, this is where we're wrong. The cats all died from the ring, winged creature. No, it's the Monsignor. Because he showed up. That was actually him. Oh, son of a bitch. That okay. was when he actually showed up because the next day when they woke up, he was there. Okay. All right. So he's feeding on the beach during the storm. Gotcha. So my next question was going to be, why is he? Why can he be out in the sun for the first few episodes, but then after that he can't? But I think I figured that out because I think the young version of the Monsignor dies. Remember when he goes in the house? in the next episode and kind of just like fucking unexpectedly dies and then comes back. So I don't think he died in the cave. And I know this is a lot for our fucking uh, listening audience. So like, if you guys know, shoot us a message because this part gets a little fuzzy because I also have more lingering questions once we go through this, but I don't think that he dies in the cave because he can still go out in the sun when he arrives on the island. Like several days he's out doing regular mass. The reason they have to change to midnight mass is because he basically dies in front of like three people, which are Bev. I'm sorry, four people, Bev, Wade of the church. And then this married couple of the church who are, who's Lisa's parents. And after that, then anytime he's like exposed to the sun, like his flesh will burn and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Cause he was like an original, he got turned by the the thing. Okay. Okay. I mean, hey, if that's your logic, I'll go with it. All right. So Sarah, who is our um, our main female lead, she, um, well, you know, one of the reasons why she's back on the island is she's kind of an outcast too. Uh, she's pregnant and she doesn't have a husband. Um, she had divorced him or, or left him. I think he was an abusive sort. Yeah, probably. And so she's bad, but she also, they kind of make it seem like Aaron when she was young was kind of like a bad girl. And now like, since she's been back, she's now like more involved in the church. Like it's kind of what has helped her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they paint her as a black sheep, even though she's like the only fucking normal one on the whole island. Uh-huh. It's true that. 
So what happens when she has an ultrasound and guess what? There's no baby inside her anymore. She's like pretty far along. She's like six months along. Yeah. No baby inside of her. So she figures she's got a miscarriage. She goes to like the main, what do they call it? Like the mainland to go to another, like a second opinion. And they're like, no, you didn't have a miscarriage. There's never been a baby in there because like your body would show all these things. And they think basically like she's a little nuts. Episode four is the episode where there are several monologues that go on for a while. Like I ate lunch. I did a couple things on the computer and the monologues were still going like her and Zach are having like these long drawn out conversations about it. Okay. That was a little boring. Them like, yeah, it was only to bring them closer together because what happens in episode five changes the whole show for the worse. So right before, right before the next thing that Joe's going to say is the priest has started acting um, like funky. Like I said, the skin's burning. He's missing all kinds of mass. Bev keeps telling everybody that he's got a head cold. And Joe Colley has been in AA with Zach and the priest has been leading this. So Joe Colley comes to see him and he's basically like, I was going to drink today, but you know, you'd be so proud of me. I didn't. And then the priest like embraces him and hangs on for an uncomfortable amount of time right basically yeah i was just kind of like this is weird but he holds on to him and then joe collie's like like let go of me and like struggles to get away and like falls hits his head boom the priest starts chowing down on some blood yeah and they they catch him doing it so bev catches him not like feasted on joe's like blood but after it's over she basically like finds him and she goes and gets a couple of these guys out of the church who were the same people that witnessed the priest die and come back and he's like okay she's like pick up joe collie like toss him in the ocean you know whatever we got to get rid of this body so already not a very holy thing to do but then later that night he the priest is going to hold his usual AA meeting, right? And so only Zach shows up, clearly because Joe's dead. And he's like, where's Joe? And he's like, he's visiting his sister on the mainland. And when Zach went home that night, he was like, that's weird. Like, he knew, why did he know that was a lie? Because something happened with his sister. Okay. Yeah. And that, like, he knew that they are, they're not, like, close or something. Because everyone knows everyone on the island. Right. So there's some, so basically when he goes home, Zach is saying to his mother, like, for the first time tonight, the priest lied to me. Like, that's not normal for a priest to do. Like, I know something is wrong. The mother just wants to believe, like, all these miracles are happening. Like, this girl has walked now. I don't need glasses anymore. Like, there were several little things that were happening in the community, right, that were everyone was seeing as, like, miracles. Yeah. So what happens is there's just, like, all these miracles that are, are happening and they're trying to figure out like why here. Yeah, they're just they're basically like, well, this guy must be really good. Like he look at he knew he was she was gonna walk, like all of these he's brought all these good things to the community. And so Zach already was having a crisis of faith because of everything that happened with the drunk driving, right? So that's a big part of this too. Like he's basically dragged to church by his parents, like he's not taking the host, like he's not into this anymore. And so when the priest lies to him, he's like, I gotta go like figure this out the priest is in the same spot where they do the AA meetings and in there, <laughs> this is the part where I like, like I did like a, like, um, <laughs> the, the Nosferatu is in the, like the rec room with the priest. I don't know what he was doing. Getting sick. He's re- replenishing. He's replenishing, uh, the priest, uh, 
sacrament container. So with his blood, they're giving it to all these people on the island, which is causing all of this, all of these miracles to happen because the blood has some sort of magical content or, you know, some divine miracle within it. Yeah, they're not miracles. I mean, this is like where I get a little uncomfortable because like this is where we start freak like doing freaky church things and I'm not into that. But yeah, basically he's putting the blood in there and Zach comes in and he's like, he's about to say like, oh, you like lied to me. And he looks over and he's like, what the hell is that thing? And the thing flies straight at him, like flies straight at the camera and I about shit myself. I'm like, what the that? I'm not going to lie. That did freak me out because yes. you have this like creepy tall things back turned to you. And within like two seconds, it's like at the screen. Oh, that freaked me right the hell out. And the thing is roughly seven feet tall. These big winged. Oh, it's, it's freaky. Like look up a picture. It kind of reminds me of Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. I was just like, going to say the exact same thing. That. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is. But basically, he kills he kills Zach. So we're like, what the Zach's toast? But in the next episode, Zach wakes up with a broken neck and he's got to heal for like six hours. And the priest is like, "You're fine, just waiting." Zach, what's going on? So that's where we get into another half an episode of monologues, right? Who's Zach? Why do you keep saying Zach? That's his name in real life. Oh, okay. Riley, <laughs> you, you fucking me up here. Yeah, no wonder all you're right. all confused. Yeah, Riley and Zach, yeah. same person. So. Riley uh, dies and gets brought back. So this is a big change compared to what happened to the priest, what happened to him. They didn't mean to die. Right. Um, he, he had been chosen as the next kind of um, miracle giver. That's what the priest thinks, but really yeah, he, he just said, God brought, brought you back yeah. okay, for a reason. Have some courage. God chose you. Look at what he's done already. Just for a little blood of the angel has done to all of us. And and Riley, and I keep saying Zach, has, is like not having it. He's just like, no, this is bullshit. And he's like, and the priest tells him, he's like, don't you want to feel this way? He's like, I have no remorse over killing killing Joe Colley. Like, every, like, the priest was weird in that episode. Like, really, like he was doing some great acting, but was really over the top. He's like, I will be completely honest with you. It's, it's fucking freaky. That whole thing freaked me out. So, Riley understands that this is really fucking insane. Like he can't wrap his head around what's happening. He can't understand that all of this is hap. You know, he, like you said, he has a crisis of faith already. He believes that he wanted to live with the thought of what happened to that girl because it's punishment. Um, And not that as the Monsignor said, this will wipe that away. Yeah, like he... You were forgiven, basically. And he's like, I don't want to be forgiven. So the whole thing of this show is just a side note. The whole theme of the show is forgiveness. Like, every character has something that they want to be forgiven for. So Lisa, the girl in the wheelchair, she confronts Joe Colley at some point in this. And she basically, like, says how much she doesn't like him, doesn't wish good things for him, but still forgives him. And then because she does that, Joe has to, like, start forgiving himself, like... That's why he goes on the road to stop drinking. Um, Aaron has to forgive herself for like the way she acted when she was young. That's why she goes to church now. Riley is constantly working on forgiving himself for killing the girl in drunk driving, but he can't like get past it. That's why he always sees her as a ghost. Monsignor Pruitt has to forgive himself for, you know, causing all this bullshit, but also something we'll get to after. He was 
oh, smashing the old lady. Yes. <laughs> so the one that's Benjamin Buttoning, he back in the day was doing it with her. And they had the daughter, Sarah, who's the doctor, and he never acknowledged her as the daughter, never acted like a father towards her. Like, it was like a hush-hush thing. Like, nobody knew that. So he's got to forgive himself for that. I mean, even in the end, I don't want to give too much away, but Wade, at the very end, when he looks at the altar boy, and he's like, would you forgive me for all the stuff I did tonight? Like, everything is about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, episode five here. This is where you lose me. Okay, so Why? This is where I got most intrigued. So what happens is um, Riley and Aaron had this big conversation in the previous episode to build their them building up. So like she no longer has the baby. There's her kind of shackles that she's free to be with him. He's getting his shit together. He really wants to be with her until that happens. So what Riley does is he doesn't understand that he doesn't know what to do and no one else on the island would believe him so what he does is he takes a rowboat and he goes out into the middle of the the water with Aaron. uh he tells her you know i, I believe you're gonna go back there and do everything you can to try to save everyone i'm sorry you have to see this i love you Aaron green uh, i've loved you my whole life one way or another um and the sun rises and he bursts so what he was doing, he was, he was trying to explain to her everything that's happening. He kind of downloads everything to her. She's like, I believe you, but it's weird. This is wild. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he dies. He's the main character. Of he doesn't show. just die. He bursts into fucking flames on a rowboat with her. I'm thinking like, how isn't the rowboat like burning? But I digress. But yes, the main character dies. Episode five. Or so we thought was the main character. Yeah, it's such horseshit. Yeah, that's so, what I'm talking about when I said, like, this thing switches. It's like, I don't know. So I connected with him because I'm very reluctant to the church. I connected with his character, and you know, for me personally. That's why yeah. it really fucking bothered me that they killed him. It's just weird storytelling. This thing is only seven episodes. This isn't like a three-season series, right? This is why, can I say one more side note? So I read something that said that originally this was going to be a movie and then they made it into a Netflix limited series. But I actually thought this about this the other day before I ever read that, which is I think this would have worked better as a feature like film. Like, no. yes, like everything, there was so much fluff in here that could have been cut out. Like the first three and a half episodes was such a struggle that I, there was so much slow pacing, unneeded dialogue. Like that could have been taken out and it seemed like that was all added in to stretch to make this a mini series when really I think it would have been better served as a movie. Like if this was a movie, okay, just think about it. You could have had the opening scene where he kills the girl and the drunk driver. He starts praying. Okay. He goes to prison. That's your, that's your opener. Okay. Now you're on the Island. Now he's back. Now he's connecting with people. Okay. The new priest comes into town. Like it could have been a lot more succinct. Like you didn't need half of the shit. Like in the first, like first reveal, it's been a three-hour movie if you cut it down. Bullshit. Hour forty-five, two max. No, there's too much shit that you need to understand that go into it. I should edit a version of this where I make it do a movie, and it will be much better than this. There's so much unneeded shit. Like they focused on rat poison for like an hour for fucking no reason. (laughs) They because he killed the she killed the dog with it. 
Yeah, but if fuck, yeah, who gives we find sh- out there was so, there was like five shots of it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, the nun who is like the most evil fucking person on the whole island. So I thought this was gonna be Riley versus Father Paul. It turns out to be Aaron versus Bev. Go figure. But but this is where it starts. I understand why you took issue with this because this is where it starts. Like, all right, now which character am I following? Because. They basically, after he dies, now this whole thing is going to be like, okay, Easter, like the big Easter mass is coming, right? And then this is where everything's going to come. Yeah, so it turns into a giant Christmas tree graph (laughs) of all these characters you have to follow. Right. They focus on Aaron. They focus on the sheriff because, one, Aaron has been taking the stuff, but she's reluctant to, to follow the church. The sheriff obviously hasn't been taking the sacrament. All, all of a sudden, his son wants to start taking the sacrament to like explore different religion. Also, yeah. that is a sidetrack you didn't need. I will give you that one. Thank you. There is so much. And and P.S. Nobody knows that they're taking like this blood oath. By the way, like that's just, it's just been like snuck into like the communal line basically, and yeah. so like nobody knows that they've been taking this. So one of the things that the doctor explains is like why Aaron. See how fucking convoluted this is, but because. She's ex- trying to explain like how this quote unquote blood disease might work. And so they figure out that like these small traces are doing these miracles, but it makes you anemic, which is why you need blood. And what happened to Aaron's baby was basically like it got eaten from the inside out. And that's why there's no trace of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, is that fairly accurate? I guess that's the first I've heard of it, but it makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. So this is all going to come to a head for Easter Mass because that's like the biggest Mass, right? Like everyone in town is supposed to go or, you know, all the people who are the most religious basically are supposed to go. So Aaron's got to go back after uh, Riley like burned to death on the boat and kind of find like people who who could be on her side to be like, this is a wild story, but this is what's going to happen. And that's where Sarah and then who was one, the one that was once her elderly mother, they kind of form a team. And now they're the main characters. Yeah, so it's the doctor, her mother, the sheriff, Aaron, Riley's brother. Who, like, who got no play except for, like, a dinner scene a couple episodes earlier. <laughs> for real. He, I forgot he, he exists. out of the window, like, twice. That's that, that You, like, barely see him. Um, the, the girl in the wheelchair, the yep. and then Riley's mom. Yep. That's it. Now those yes. are our main characters that we're going to follow for two episodes. Yeah, you have all, you have basically the entire... So what happens is it all comes to a head on Easter. They give people the sacrament. People start going to fucking banana land. Well, no, 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 no. When they get to church, everyone's just like, oh, we're here for Easter mass. They think all hunky dory, right? Well, Wade, one of the ones that witnessed the father die, gets up and they're like, here you go. And he takes a cup of poison, croaks on the church stairs and everyone watches. And they're all like, what's this? And they're like, just wait, just, just wait one minute. Wait a minute. And then he like comes back to life and everyone's like, so then they're passing out Dixie cups of rat poison, the rat poison from four episodes ago that we had to concentrate on for an hour. They're passing out Dixie cups of rat poison. So then everyone's like, they're either people downing the rat poison or they're people who are like, what the fuck is this? Like, we're not drinking this. Like, it was like only like, and then they're like, even Lisa's parents, they're like trying to force her. They're like, come on, come on. Like, everyone's doing it. Like, no, no, I don't want to do that. So basically that's, it turns into, this show now turns into, um, from Dust Till Dawn. Remember that? Yeah. Tarantino? Yeah. I remember the second one. Oh, was, I remember the movie, not the TV show, because the movie had boobies in it. Yeah, the movie. The titty Yeah, the strip club. Yeah. 
Remember, yeah. but you think it's a strip club and you think this is like, oh, a movie about killers who like rob people and then it turns into a vampire affair. That's basically what happens in the show. So they all croak from the poison. They wake and then they start feasting on the other people who didn't drink the poison. It's so fucked they up. Lock the door. This is, like it's this it's is religion one oh one for you. Oh, this is, it was very uncomfortable. This is just what being a hardcore wacko religious person does to you. No, and I'm this, just like, that's okay. not what that's those are like brainwashed people. This is this turned into a cult. Like literally everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid. Literally drinking the Kool-Aid. Like like they lock the doors, it turns into a bloodbath. You have a handful of people who are getting chowed down on. You have just a small group who like get out. And then that small group that gets out are like who we already named. Oh no, Joe, we missed something. How about when freaking the winged creature comes in in full like priest garb? Yeah, that's that was fucked <laughs> up, Joe. I was like, I got, I almost turned up. It was not you almost, right. You almost dropped a JC. That was fucked up. He comes out in straight up like the Easter attire for in a priest. front of everyone, and that's what kind of puts everyone over the edge to be like, okay, this is real. Oh, and they're like, they're like, remember when the angels came, people were fearful, and everyone was just like, oh, this is an angel, okay, like, <laughs> no, no questions why it looked like a Halloween costume. No, it was horrible. Basically, though, the bloodbath happens. The few escape. They're gonna try to stop everyone else, but in the meantime. Everyone else that went nuts in the church kick open the doors and start dragging people out of their houses and chowing down on them. And this small island, like they're turning this whole island within like an hour's time. Yeah. And what they found out is Bev and her crew of like cronies had disabled all the boats. They had cut all the all the power, cut the telephones to make it like literally everyone's going to about to get caught if you will yeah like they can't they can't get off the island because they're like they sent the ferries away there's no cell phones there's no nothing and it's not like you can swim to the mainland like you're stuck on this hellhole then they get the bright idea bev because she's kind of lost her fucking marbles she's like let's just burn the whole fucking place except for the rec room and the church let's burn the whole island they're legitimately burning every single person's house down the grocery store or the police station like what have you burn every building down shelter that these people could live in they're burning it yes so that everyone has to either get to the rec room or the church or like will crisp out in the sun obviously and then like when they're getting towards the rec room she's like turning people away she's like no you didn't come to church every sunday like you die out here in the sun yeah she puts like cots like who wants to live all in one place yeah (laughs) and like and they're gonna be like eternally immortal right so like they're just gonna live in the rec room forever and like eternally on a cot like what the fuck yes and who are they like where's the blood gonna come from like this was such piss poor planning i'm gonna be around a while (laughs) i'm not doing a cot (laughs) So (laughs) so basically they've now burned everything everyone's lost their marbles killed several people like one of the altar boys is like i think i killed my mom tonight like all like oh okay sure <laughs> yeah everyone just like comes to at, at like one point so now it's up to sarah the doctor i'm sorry by the way the mother who was aging backwards stood up with a gun and tried to shoot down nosferatu and he attacked her as she's gone like, yeah. for a little while, she's gone. She resurfaces as, you know, another vampire. But, so, it's up to Sarah the doctor, Aaron, and the sheriff to kind of, like, burn down the church and the rec room so that then everyone's forced to be in the sun. 
right? When the sun rises. Mm -hmm. So Sarah goes in to burn the church. This is where like the priest reveals like, hey, I'm not just a father. I'm your father. And, you know, they have their little whatever. Well, she gets shot by Wade. She's toast. Uh, The sheriff starts burning the rec room. Bev shoots him twice. And then Aaron comes out, tries to burn the rest of it. Well, here comes winged thing and chows down on her for an hour. And that made me really uncomfortable, Joe. That was where I texted you and I was like, I literally feel itchy. Like he was just like sucking on her knock and like the noises were weird. And like, it was like, it was like weirdly sexual. People are thinking really right now. ASMR, though. It's like a thing. Oh, it, it was, it was disgusting. <laughs> oh, 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 and as he's like chowing down on her, she has like a knife and she's just like cutting his wings like ever so slowly. Like, like as if you were cutting through a sheet, like on the line, like, like making all these cuts in him so that his ability to fly will be like impaired basically Mm -hmm. but hello everyone on this island has died except for two people who are the two people not main characters mind you the final people (laughs) are one who we saw at the table one time and lisa the girl from the wheelchair it's literally the two like they had like a com Lisa obviously had more time, but yeah. like Riley's brother had minutes, no like literally one minute of action. He like ate a piece of chicken, and that was his claim to fame in this show. Like, no joke. But they're gonna be the final people, right? So they row on a rowboat, so they're never gonna make it to the mainland, and they're on a fucking rowboat. And basically, the sun rises, everyone burns. Right? Yeah. Because they've all been turned, except for a few people who were shot. They're just dying of, you know, gunshot wounds. And in the very end, she's like, I can't feel my legs. So here's my issue. Okay. I take issue with one thing. Yeah. I'm going to explain this to you and you tell me what the fuck happens. So Warren and Lisa have been chowing down on the blood sacrament for several weeks now. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how Lisa could walk, blah, 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 blah. So the whole way that you turn into a vampire is someday you die and then you come back. So let's suppose these two roll to the mainland and they don't die till they're 80. So when they're 80, are they going to wake up and crave blood? Like, I don't understand this. Like, is no, it she, gone because everybody turned died? Back because of the main dude, the main dude died. Okay. Okay. The main vampire died. So she went back to her original state of being crippled from the gunshot. Okay. So that's probably why they put that line in there then. Because yeah, I'm like, well, what the hell happens to like, these two? Okay. They're like, he's dead. She's back to being crippled. All has been corrected in the world. I see. I almost wish that the creature wasn't there. Like, I think it would have been a stronger story had you not seen him. Like, except the like, cave scene, I could see seeing him. But I don't think we needed him on the island. Uh, he's just creepy. I think he just added to the effect when he was just fucking throwing people through roofs and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was, he, that was the scene that, like, when I jumped. So I guess. Yeah, he was just, fine. like, tossing people. Oh, it was God. pretty cool. <laughs> it was really like the Arby's guy. It was pretty cool. But also, it's like after five, the characters besides Aaron weren't strong enough to carry the story. And no. They no. didn't build. They built Aaron up to be like fragile, misplaced woman, not secretly strong and all this. So it's like, obviously, she had that inside of her to have to go through everything that she went through. But it's her her. It just wasn't strong enough. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. There's a lot of, like, a lot of things could have been shifted in this. Like, Riley could have died right at, instead of dying at the end of five, could have died at the end of six, bringing you into episode seven. Mm -hmm. 
you know, do that kind of thing. So he's almost right there till the end. Like, the whole thing is just a little fucking weird. He should have died protecting Aaron at some point. Yes. In the... I don't think he should have been the one to be attacked and turned. It had to be him. Why do you think? You wouldn't have cared if it was someone else. Oh, that's a good point. You wouldn't have cared if it was, like, even if it was Aaron, you wouldn't have cared as much. I mean, there's so many... Riley will figure it out, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's so many just pointless things, though. Like, even when Riley's parents are talking, and he's, like, after they had been turned, and the dad, um, who was the kid in E.T., is like, oh, like, you don't have to feast. Like, I thought people would have to drink the blood. He's like, but I've been fighting it, so, like, we can fight it. But it's like, yeah, but sun's coming up, and you're toast in about an hour, so I don't understand what that was even for. You know, like, what were we supposed to learn from some of that dialogue? Aaron gives, by the way, Aaron gives a three-minute speech at the end as she's dying, like she's laying on the grass because she's been chowed on, and is giving a three-minute speech in her head that I didn't give a fuck about. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for you to finish this for so long, I forgot some of the stuff yeah there's a, well because there's so much like it, to just take in. it just didn't land on me no you know what I mean? that's like what i'm the saying the, the first few episodes really hit it was probably from like two to five i was really invested that's the thing that's why i keep saying this was better served as a movie because you didn't need 95 the, the shit that you've forgotten you didn't need i don't know overall i would say i did like this show i really enjoyed it it was a good it's a good show that you don't have to like invest a lot of your time in because this is it's a mini series it's going to be over watch it at your leisure just take yeah like bites of it really liked it it was you know before halloween so you got spooky vibes um but yeah i really enjoyed it i have to get you now on the train i need you to watch squid game oh god i need you to to watch Ted Lasso at some point. Yeah, well, I love um, Jason Sudeikis, so I will happily watch Ted Lasso. I will tell you that Ted Lasso makes me want to be a better person and, like, <laughs> inspires me on a daily basis. It is that good of a show. Is like, it makes you just want to go out and make the world a better place. I really you know? do hear nice things about that, and I love him. Um, well, I will watch some of those shows, but we will go back to our regularly scheduled programming, which is first and last. And we are doing Supernatural, what we, which we were supposed to do at the end of last season, um, but we didn't get time before summer. So we're going to start with Supernatural, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we just came off Midnight Mass, so, you know, nowhere to go but up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fuck you. I liked it. No, you know what? It wasn't bad. Um, there really better be a lot of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, I well. That's why I'm excited for Supernatural. I don't think he's going to be actually in. No, I, the I think he's in because, like five he, seconds because of the it. Walking Dead, all his commitments to the Walking Dead and yeah. Texas Rising and the other stuff that he was doing. Yeah, Grays. Um, I think yeah, back yeah. then was even Grays. So yeah, I I mean I did like Midnight Mass. Parts of it, parts of it made me like uncomfortable, and parts of it were slow. I mean, so if you can get through all that, you might like it. Yeah, it's a little roller coaster. Um. But yeah, let us know what you guys thought of it. Uh, make sure to follow us. Get back on the horse, just like us. Get back to listening. Get back to following. Get back to commenting. Get back to messaging. We're back. Better than ever. Bye.